Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hey there, Fangirl Nation. You are listening to Fangirl Sports Network's Get My Job podcast on Believe. I am your host, Tracy Sandler, and I am so excited to be joined today by sports host and reporter at Spectrum Network's Nikki Kay. Nikki talks about knowing what drives you, what it means to cover teams responsibly, what she learned in her career journey, and so much more. Also, her day in the life just happens to be one of my most favorite days of the year. Can you guess what it is? Let's go. Nikki, welcome to Get My Job. It is always so fun for me when I get to have some of our former incredible fangirls on the show. And you obviously fall into that category. Our Dolphins fangirl, you are a jazz fangirl. Now you have just been moving on to do so many incredible things. So welcome to Get My Job. Well, first of all, Tracy, thank you so much. I'm so incredibly honored and stoked to be joining you. Now, I am not a former fangirl. We are always fangirls, right? Well, that is true. That is true. Fangirls. Um, That's true. But it's so special (laughs) to to be here with you because um, I do have to say a lot of the women and, you know, powerhouses that you've connected me through to, I am still in contact with and have come to work with in LA since we crossed paths a couple of years ago. So you are one of those rare people. That's just a, like, like a surge, uh, outlet, right. Where you're like a power connector, like to, and you just light things up. So I'm so grateful to be here. Well, thank you. That is such a wonderfully nice thing to say. So we're off to a really good start on this podcast, but I'm going to have you start where I really have everybody to start. And that is for you to take us through your professional journey. I know that that journey has run through the Fangirl Sports Network, but I would love for our listeners to hear just kind of how it all began and how you got to where you are today. Oh, you're so wonderful. It's a, it's a wild one. Um, I, I went to UCLA. I grew up loving sports, playing sports, knowing sports, and I didn't really know what I wanted. And UCLA doesn't have a traditional like broadcast major or anything. So I was majoring in communication studies. I fell in love working for the football team as a recruiting assistant. And Mm. I just learned that in that office, I loved the camaraderie of feeling like I was a part of the team, even though I wasn't nearly talented enough to play division one sports at UCLA, but, uh, feeling a part of a team. And then also I just started noticing, I, I loved asking questions, like, it, mm-hmm. you know, talking to anybody and it could be as simple as like, Hey, what was that play you ran, you know, for the third down conversion in, you know, the third quarter on Saturday or asking coaches like how, you know, about their families and their lives. So through that inquisitive nature and also a little bit of a love for attention and a spotlight girl. Um, (laughs) I I was like, you know, maybe we bring it all together and when we pursue um, something, a career in sports where we're asking questions and uh, we get to share stories. And so that was how my journey or my interest with, with broadcast journalism and specifically sports broadcasting began. Basketball is back, and Bet Online remains your number one source for all your sports betting needs this season. You'll always find the latest odds, team matchup info, player news, and game trends at Bet Online. And as your continued source for all sports wagering information, Bet Online features live betting, free contests, and giveaways all season long. Always the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports and events, whether that's NFL. NBA, NHL, MMA, tennis, boxing, or even golf. 
Head to betonline.ag to join and receive your 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Make sure to use promo code BELIEVE, B-L-E-A-V, to receive your rewards. Bet online where the game starts. So I put together a really funny reel in college. It was me um, with a little mini cam and, and mini mic asking questions to some of my friends on the football team coming off the field at spring spring football. And it was enough, though. Uh, my I was always told in college, oh, go local television. Go local television. Start in a small r- market. Um, earn your chops there make your mistakes, get reps, and then climb your way up. Uh, And I was also given advice at the time, um, don't be afraid of producer roles because Mm -hmm. you can enter in the building, right? You can learn what you need to know and then weasel your way on air. And weasel, Tracy, is exactly (laughs) what I did. And I I remember that time after, after school, I was sending out like my reel to all these random news directors in markets. I had no business sending it to, but I got a call one day from um, this woman named Michelle. And she's like, Oh, I am a news director in twin falls, Idaho. You applied for our producer reporter role. And I was like, Oh, I I mean, I pressed mute. You know, I was like, I did, you know, (laughs) um, she, she offered me the job for an overnight morning show producer And basically I flew out to Twin Falls with my dad. Um, We scouted kind of the area. I accepted the job and I started overnight producing for a one anchor, one weather person morning show. And the beauty of that was that because it was so small, market 194, town of 50,000 people, it quickly, the anchor who had a lot of the, you know, producer discretion on the show, she was like, let's start getting you doing what's trending segments in the morning or let's have mm-hmm. you. So I would write the show for her and then I would, you know, change, do my makeup and come on air and do like, here's what's trending today. And slowly that turned into sports reads and, you know, six months of that, then I was, there was an opening on weekend sports. And, uh, from there it was like, you know, you get you learn how to produce and write. And in those markets, you're shooting. And I mean, still, you know, in LA, a lot of people shoot and write and edit their own content. So, Mm -hmm. um, at that, yeah, at that first job, I was doing it all. And I would say a lot of those skills, especially like the, Oh, I don't know how to do it. I'll figure it out. Kind of mentality Mm -hmm. started there. And then, sorry, it it, it is a a lengthy, but I, I think the foundation of getting into this industry is so important for people to know that it's not glamorous. It's not easy. And you're doing things you never thought you'd do. Like, you know, in Idaho covering eight man football teams or, Mm -hmm. or rodeos and it's fun. It's beautiful. But at the time I was like, I gotta, I gotta get my move, you know, move on up. I gotta move up. And now I kind of wish I savored those, those unique moments that a lot of people do not have, um, who, who play it safe in the industry. Um, but from, from there, it was, uh, a quick stop in Raleigh, North Carolina. And that job wasn't right because it wasn't sports. Um, and I figured out a way to get myself to the next station I needed to, which was in Oklahoma city. And that was market 40. So in the time span of like two and a half years, I went from market 196 to market 40, and I learned so much in OKC because uh, um, there you are, um, you know, you're 
you're talking to a fan base that knows so much about the history mm-hmm. of their teams and they're so, you know, they hold you accountable as, as an, a reporter. And I had to learn that quickly coming from out of state with no previous knowledge that, Oh, okay, this is where, this is where you do the grunt work and you really learn how to cover teams responsibly. Um, and after two and a half years in OKC, I wanted to come home and I did what a lot of people probably wouldn't recommend doing in this business. Um, I left a job without a job and I, I came back home to California. I, I grew up here. All my friends are here and it was about six months of stress and trying to figure things out. And Tracy, you lifted me up in that time with the wonderful fangirl opportunity. And then Within a couple of, of months of that, I got my job at Spectrum Networks, which has just been so wonderful and where I am today as a sports host and reporter. And I also, I also do some lifestyle storytelling too, which is, um, it's nice to kind of mix it up. So that's my long-winded. Thank you for letting me have my TED Talk there. (laughs) Yeah, I really enjoyed your TED Talk. And I want to go back to a few things that you said in there because I think they're all really important. Uh, First of all, I'm going to, I'm going to kind of go from the most recent thing you said to, to going backwards. And one of those things being that you came in and you did get the opportunity with fangirl and you started as when we used to have, for those of you who don't know, we used to have fangirls covering every team. We've changed the business model, but at the time Nikki came in and was our dolphins fangirl. And then within a couple months did get the job at spectrum, but continued on as our dolphins fangirl also was our jazz fangirl. And I bring that up because I think it's important to remember that this is an industry where you're taking opportunities and you're learning different things. And it's not always just going to be the one perfect job that you have right away. Sometimes it's a few of those jobs. And I think that's important too, because too often we turn on the TV and we can see you on TV and it's like, oh, that Nikki just showed up one day and here she has this like amazing job, but there's a lot of work that went into that. Absolutely. I cannot stress that enough. I think if anything in this industry, being a yes girl is it, it will, it can drain you and it can stretch you. And there is a lot of pressure about saying yes to opportunities when they come. But when, when you do have one that you're not sure about, um, and, and you're trying to cons- weigh whether you should sit and wait for the next thing, I tend to lean towards saying yes. And you, you never know where an open door can lead you. Yes. I think that's a hundred percent true. Then something else I want to talk about is your time in Idaho and how, you know, I know you said you wish you kind of savored those moments, but I, I'm wondering if you feel that that time really was invaluable because especially in this day and age, you do need to be able to do so much. And no matter what market you're in, sometimes you do have to be the one that goes out and just does everything just based on circumstance. And it's important to be able to say, yes, I do know how to do that. Absolutely. I think what Idaho showed me and to everyone who, even including my parents, because when I told them I wanted to do sports broadcasting, they're like, wait, what? Where did this come from? You you were talking law school, like what is going on, you know? And um, what Idaho taught me was how to be a fighter and how badly I wanted it. But, you know, I showed mm-hmm. up and I had no clue what a package or a VOSOT was. So there I am in like, you know, Googling when, when my anchor asked me to, you know, oh, hey, can you stack the show for me? Hey, can you, can you rewrite the intro to this VOSOT? I'm like, what is she talking about? You know? And so, uh-huh. um, there's something to be said about the patience of the people who trained me and, and also how to edit things. Nonlinear editing is no joke, but once you figure out the system, you know, I've, I've learned like 
three or four different editing systems at this point, and and it's a part of my livelihood still to this day. Uh, and and you also learn in those moments where, you know, I would go shoot a snowboarding story at Sun Valley with my own camera, my GoPro, and I'd go up on a on the mountain in a blizzard with ski patrol, and I like you know y- you learn just how. Um, how, how gritty you can be in those moments when you're like, I got to get the shot. I got to get the interview and Mm -hmm. it's going to make for an epic moment. And, um, there, there's so many cool stories I have from that chapter of my life and friendships too. You know, that was a beginner market for, I have friends now in the industry in Boston and Indianapolis and Florida and Denver who all started at that station. And we were like a little rat pack of, it was, it was like grad school, basically. Tracy, mm-hmm. I was making 20000 a year and my, mm-hmm. my rent may have been, you know, $400, but it was still paycheck to paycheck out there. So For we had sure. a lot of Chili's happy hours, you know? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And that's part of it. That's part of the grind. Yeah. That's absolutely part of the grind. So you said something else that kind of leads me into what my next question was. Anyways, you talked about in Oklahoma City that you learn to cover teams responsibly, and I think that's such a great way to talk about what it is that we do. Especially people like you and I who do cover specific teams. You obviously cover like the whole LA market, but you are covering teams. And if you can just talk a little bit about what it means to you to cover teams responsibly, that's such a great question, and it's. It, it can be so lost in today's social media age, right? Where like a seven second video can gain you thousands of followers and it can be taken out of context and it can be, you know, used as, as a great launching point for an individual's career, but it can also not tell the appropriate story of what's going on um, in the context of a game or a player's mm-hmm. life. And uh, in Oklahoma city, I showed up the girl from California to a sports department of three guys who had been working there, grew up there, covered team, you know, followed these teams, covered them their entire lives. And they did not like me. You know, these, Mm -hmm. these men were doubtful of what I brought to the table. And thankfully I had a angel news director who was the ultimate woman boss, right? Woman Mm -hmm. supporting woman. And she's like, Nikki, if if you want to be alive at a Thunder game, I will make sure the show has time for you. You know, don't ask, Mm -hmm. don't ask your sports dress director, ask me. And it's funny. I can talk about that experience now because I left my time there, uh, with the friendship of those three men who once gave me living H-E double hockey sticks. Right. So, Mm -hmm. um, but I think they learned to respect me because I, I did put in the work. I would go to Thunder practices on my off days. I would watch, you know, reporters questions and study the art of, you you know, how do you get the right response from people at the right time, knowing your statistics. And I also know I have made, you know, mistakes about statistics on air before and it, um, it doesn't feel great. So, mm-hmm. I mean, and that's just numbers. I, I think like, if that's the the biggest, you know, misreporting you, you can, you know, slip into, it's way better than misquoting an injury or a, you know, yeah. or, or someone's intentions with things. So responsibility, I, I interpret as, did you do the work? Are you being cautious about what you're putting out there? And what is the intention of you sharing a, you know, anecdote or a story? Like if you're trying to do it for your own personal benefit, that's not really it's not really responsible. Sometimes I think you have to think about the the people you're sharing the stories about. And then also what does the audience 
gain from it. If it's, if it's a good heartwarming laugh, then that's awesome. But if you're doing it to, to go viral or to have clickbait, you know, you, you got to kind of walk it back then. That I think that's really, really good advice, especially in this social media age. And as long as we are talking about social media, it's obviously, it's so much of a part of what we do, but you're right. The intention behind it and something we've talked about on the show a lot, and actually it hasn't come up in a little while, but something we used to talk about in the beginning is how when you're going to do something on social media, if you're unsure, just don't do it. Because that uh, that little bit of I'm not sure this is a good idea means it's probably not. And you're never going to regret not doing it. And I think in this day and age of who's first and who's getting the information out there and who's going to get viral and who's going to get the likes and all of that, it's important to take that moment and be like, wait a minute, is this a good idea? And if it doesn't feel good, it's not. Absolutely. That is so perfectly put. And yes, I, I totally didn't even think about the, the, who's the first to, you know, kind of, and it's crazy. The Twitter fingers that some of the established beat writers have and, and the memories of, you know, they can re- remember a quote better than like, I'm like, wait, did he say to, or from, or above? Like I, uh-huh. I can't, you know? And, and so I, especially if you're not a regular on the beat, and Tracy, you're a regular with the 49ers, so you have the respect and like the foundation that you can, you know, interpret what a message is without really, you know, having to do the full legwork that a lot of other newbies on the scene might have. So like when I'm popping in and out of team coverage, because sometimes it'll go months in LA before I see a team again, right? Mm-hmm. Um, because the, just the nature of everything going on, it's like, I, I know that respect, um, for the process and, and patience is so vital, especially if you don't, when you're making those one-off appearances, you can't burn bridges. You, you have much shorter, shorter rope. That's, that's very true. And as as bringing that up, actually, uh, you're leading me into all kinds of good follows. Oh, I love it. You're making making this job very easy today. Uh, but you know, kind of bringing that up is you talk about jumping from team to team. And I think that's something that, and I definitely talked about this before, but I know like my first year on the beat with the 49ers, I was relatively quiet. I certainly asked questions when I had questions, but especially in the first couple of months, I did a lot of observing because you want to understand how does a organization work? How does a beat work? We were very lucky on the 49ers. We get along really well. We're all like, we're good friends. We make each other laugh. We're super supportive of each other. I don't, I don't know what it's like on other beats, but I know how lucky we are to have that in San Francisco, but you want to get an idea of what it's like when you first walk in and you don't necessarily want to come in and show how smart you are and try to impress everybody. Cause oftentimes that backfires. And sometimes you do that and, and you show like a very different situation. Yeah. So when you're, yes. when you're jumping from team to team, and that's a good point. Let's say you see the Dodgers in April, you don't see them again in August. How do you navigate that? How do you get your work done? How do you ask the questions you need to ask while still kind of reading the room and understanding how things are, are happening there. Oh, Tracy, you you ask a question that I think is not discussed enough, right? And in like in Oklahoma, I was going to the same football teams pressers and thunder practices every week, same group of reporters for overlapping for a lot of them. And so you learn confidence with when you ask questions, who gets the first question. It's traditionally a well-established beat writer in LA when Jim Hill, uh, the main anchor of CBS Mm -hmm. sports here, he is in the room. He always gets the first question. And so 
for me, you know, I'm, I was the team reporter for the galaxy and I would always get first question, but even then, like sometimes I would come to practices and, um, you know, we were broadcasting a game and we hadn't, we wouldn't have had a game with the galaxy for, you know, MLS is funny because you could have like five games in two weeks, or you could have two games in a month. And so mm-hmm. the, it, it can seem kind of like, um, accordion with your coverage. And there's, there's some reporters who have been covering that team a lot longer than I have. And if I, if I show up and I feel like I'm, I'm haven't been with it, I'll defer to a main beat writer. And, you know, I, I always show up to practices having read, knowing what's going on. I know the story around the game, mm-hmm. but if I don't, if I don't feel like I have been there day in, day out, I defer with my questions. If I'm at a Lakers pregame um, conf- press conference with coach ham, you know, typically the main storylines get addressed (laughs) right off the bat, but you know, and, um, if there's sometimes I ask a question just to ask one and I'll, I'll wait. Right. Like, so Mm -hmm. it doesn't have to be top of top of the pyramid in terms of the storylines around the game. But if you want to just practice like FaceTime with someone and, and getting, you know, the art of the question in, uh, it's it's okay to ask something that maybe like a a D storyline in in a game and and just to get it, but you don't have to go first, right? And right. and that way you build your own confidence, you build a connection with the people you're speaking with, and you don't kind of um, cut the line, I guess, in so to speak, because there are a lot of really established reporters in LA who cover these teams day in, day out. And it it is difficult when you're not there with them every day, but when you pop in, you got to kind of, you know, under read the room, like you said, so perfectly. So going back to your time in Oklahoma city with the three men who you said, now you have great relationships with, but how did you navigate that? Cause that's a tough thing to do. You're in a new city, you're in a new market, all of these things. And how were you able to kind of navigate and keep that confidence in knowing who you are and what you bring to the table, despite how they were treating you at the time. It was, it was really hard for me. And confidence was, you know, I, I would say probably looking back now, I went in with some irrational confidence, which I think is one of the biggest, um, things you have to have to keep your motor running in this industry. You have to be a little bit delusional you have to be irrational because if you don't believe you belong in a room, who else is going to? And it will reflect in all aspects of your work. So I I was pretty miserable. Um, what kept me going was, all right, we're going to shoot stand-ups. We're going to get a reel together and we're going to keep trying to get out, which is a bummer because also at this time in OKC, I made so many great friends and like outside of the sports world, random, random people who I'm still close with today. They're my other family out there. And I I do miss that market because it's the type of place where you can be like in line at Starbucks and a complete stranger will invite you over to Thanksgiving dinner, right? Learning that you're, you know, a newbie in town. And Mm -hmm. so there is, there is such a beautiful community there. And at work, I was, I was turning my eye or turning my shoulder, I guess, to the whisperings I knew that were going on behind my back within my department. And I kept, I, I kept doing what I wanted and what I needed, which was probably the best advice I could give to anyone who feels um, like you're not being supported. You just, 
you know, rise above and keep, keep on your track and get as many reps as you can focus on yourself, focus inward. And I was offered, um, my news director pulled me in and offered me one of, you know, a promotion essentially. And I, Tracy, I, I said no to it because it would have dislodged one of the guys who was above me. And I was like, I can only think how this would make my life even more miserable. You know, Mm -hmm. if I, if he knew that I came in and, and took his job essentially. But what I did do girl power here was I Mm -hmm. leveraged it. I said, Hey, I don't, I don't want that role, but maybe you can start having me fill in more on the Monday through Friday positions when the number one guy is out of, you know, out of Mm -hmm. commission. So so I used it to my advantage, but I also, you know, did, it was a kind of like dull your sparkle moment in, in hindsight that was like, you, you shouldn't be afraid to say yes to, um, a, a promotion because of what it will do to others. Right. Like it's, mm-hmm. uh, but I, I think ultimately I played my cards, right. Because mm-hmm. then the guys, you know, we worked, we worked through that because he eventually caught wind of it. Um, but Mm -hmm. we worked past it also. And, and now it's, you know, we're buddies because they, they even sent me back to California with kind of like a, Hey, we know we didn't give you the easiest go in the beginning, but we're grateful to have all worked together. So it, it really taught me a lot about having confidence in like, when you, even when you think those closest to you at work don't support you, you just got to keep keep looking inward and knowing what drives you and why you are where you are looking back. And I think it did work to your advantage and it did work out, but looking back, if you were to go tell your, your younger self that would you say, don't dull your sparkle and you should, you should give yourself the opportunity that you you earned. I think, I think that would be a motto I would write down, but I do think ultimately, like I knew my future wasn't in Oklahoma, right? If that was a, a and that's, that's a fair distinction. It's an important distinction. Yeah. So I was like, okay, am I going to cause disruption for something that I don't alt? And that's another lesson, right? Like, Mm -hmm. do you, how bad or, or what is this worth to you? And Mm -hmm. so um, it would be one thing if I had been told, no, you'll, this is your only opportunity to get at the anchor desk by taking mm-hmm. this. Um, then I would have re it would have had a different re uh, evaluation in, in my decision-making. But I think, I think that's gr- a great touch point, but I do, I do like telling people that story because it's a it very reminds, important story. It's very, it's, it's very important. Yeah. Yeah. And it reminds me of like, Hey, you know, cause it's so easy to romanticize your memories. Right. And like, right. when I looked back at Oklahoma, I was like, wait, why didn't I, you know, why didn't I have more love going into work every day? And at the beginning it was tough. And there were some days that were awesome, but then there were other days where, you know, you kind of like, feel like your, your throat tighten up when you walk in the office. Right. And you're just like, Oh my gosh. Like I, you know, and, and part of that was probably in my head, but the fact that I was even made to, you know, have those, have those feelings. Um, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna walk it back. Cause it's a good memory of like, Oh, Hey, yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't all roses and sunshine every day there. You, you, you had to battle some different, some different factors that were not necessarily in your control control. Well, I think it does. And those are important experiences to have. And it's important to be realistic about them because especially like on, on this podcast, for instance, this is what I want. 
our listeners to learn about this podcast is for women and men working in the industry and those who want to work in the industry. And it's important to tell all sides of it because that's just life and that's reality. And those experiences made you who you are as a person and as a reporter. And it's important to acknowledge them, the bad ones, the difficult ones, and the great ones. And I think you also made a really important point, knowing that Oklahoma wasn't your future and where you wanted to ultimately be also factors into a decision. And I guess the other side of that coin is you don't have to say yes to something just because it seems like the next step if it's not the right step for you. Absolutely. And I also want to be very self-aware on this podcast. I am sure I was not the easiest, you know, new team member to assimilate into, you know, a well-oiled sports department. So I, I, I understand that I came in as the outsider. I came in with, you know, expectations for myself and, and it could easily be, you know, misinterpreted that I wasn't a team player. I, I would battle back anyone who, you know, but it, you know, perceptions are things. And you also learn in that, like, okay, how you come in and present yourself um, as a, a teammate it, it is very important, but sometimes people mm-hmm. will, will shade you how they want to shade you. Right. Like, yes, and, it's true. and there's nothing you can do, but so I'm, I'm not saying these, these guys were, were horrible. Like I said, they're my friends. And so they, they taught me a lot too. Um, and I am forever grateful for that. They taught me how, how to be, you know, how to be accountable. Cause I didn't, yeah. I didn't want them. I didn't want them making fun of me. So yeah, that's, <laughs> I think that's true. Yeah. And I guess the other thing to remember in life and this industry, not everyone has to like you, but they have to respect you. And exactly. there's, a, there's a difference there. And that's what you're going for. And that's what we should all be going for. No one's ever going to like everybody. Like that's just not how it works. No one's going to be liked by everyone they come into con, <laughs> you know, contact with. And that's a, a very difficult thing to to get to. And sometimes we never do, but it is a very difficult thing to get to, but it's a matter of commanding respect. That's the difference. Absolutely. And you get that respect by knowing your bleep. Yes. A (laughs) hundred percent. And that is really what it comes down to because no one could, they could say whatever they want, but if you do the work and you do it well and you know your stuff, then that's, no one could question that. You got to let that 100%. So how have you seen opportunities change and grow for women in the sports industry? And where do you think we could still improve? Oh my gosh. I think it is so awesome how much is out there right now, right? And it doesn't have to be on camera. It doesn't have to be at an anchor desk. You can be a team social media manager. You could be Mm -hmm. running foundation or running a player's foundation. You can be an agent, you can be a manager. And I, I often look, you know, now I'm in this lane that I have driven myself on and I'm proud and I'm happy of because of it. But there's so many different realities. I I think about sometimes like, how, what if you did, what if you did decide to be an agent, a sports agent or, or represent Mm -hmm. their, you know, their brands or something. And it's so cool. Like that those you know, like we see women on TV, but like, it's really cool to see women in all these different power positions throughout the industry. And it's awesome. Cause a lot of my job as a storyteller in LA is to share these stories of the game changers and any opportunity I can get to, you know, to share what a woman has done to transform the landscape. Oh, you can bet I'm all over that story. And it's, it's really wonderful. So I think, um, the state of it, of women in sports right now is, 
is stronger than ever and it's inspiring. And all the trailblazers who have put themselves in positions that now girls can look up to and be like, oh, I want to be... I want to be the one to run the Chargers TikTok account because this girl's hilarious. You know, like mm-hmm. it's it's really um, exemplary. And so I think that first and foremost is fantastic. I think in terms of getting better, ooh, I know, I know this is, I mean, we can always get better. We can always see more, more women in more front office roles. I think maybe that's what I would be really mm-hmm. inspired by is when you're starting to hear especially in, in uh, men's leagues, you know, more women executives calling the shots and stuff. I think that's always like so cool. Um, but yeah, it, and, and I think we've really done a good job of, of, as women of supporting each other and um, calling upon each other, uh, you know, in excitement for others' opportunities and others' accomplishments. I think that's really been a, a huge step in a great direction for women in sports as well. So we're coming to one of my favorite parts of the podcast, and oh, I yes. think it's going to be particularly awesome with you. Could you take us through a day in your life? Oh my gosh. Okay. I'll give you a busier day. Cause it, there's, you know, there's some days where, and I have to be completely transparent. There's some days where I'm in my sweats on the couch all day and I'm making phone calls, trying to set up stories or I'm editing a story. My self, um, that'll be airing in a week. Like it's, Mm -hmm. there are not so glamorous down days, but, um, let's say for like example, um, Dodgers opening day, uh, I, my favorite day of the the year. Oh my gosh, Tracy, it is so exciting, right? It is. And so few tears and so much hope, (laughs) right? Exactly. There's, there is nothing but championship world series in mind on Dodgers oh. opening day. Oh, and, it's my um, favorite day. It really is my most favorite day was, of the year. <laughs> it's so fantastic. And the hope springs eternal on that day. So like, mm-hmm. um, typically in the buildup to that day, uh, my producers want me to have multiple stories. They don't just want sound bites from players, which is what spectrum does unique. They, we, they want two minute mini feature stories that are either tangential to the game or about the game. So in the past, I've done one on speaking of a woman in sports, Janet Marie Smith, who uh, helped design as an architect and revamp Dodger stadium. So she took me on a tour. I interviewed her, put together, and then I interviewed Stan Kasten, um, you know, uh, C- CEO. I, I, I can't, I'm blanking on his official title of the Dodgers big wig. Um, so I'll put together, he's, he's very di- high up there. In the yes, very high. <laughs> so I'll put together two different packages on them. Um, I'll, you know, those will, this will all be in lead up to opening day. I'll have my producers review them, make any changes. And then I go to bed at like, you know, I'm not always on the morning show, but Dodgers opening day, I'm on the morning show. I'll get up at 3 a.m., maybe shower. I'll do my mm-hmm. own makeup if it's a live shot out in the field. And I will go to Dodger Stadium where we have our whole, like, those days are so fun because they get the anchor desk out um, at Dodger Stadium and we have our morning show anchors come. And then, you know, the Dodgers do such a great job of giving you, like, hot dogs to show or, like, you can stand, it, you know, it, in the outfield and do your live shot or, you know, all sorts of fun interactive stuff. As a, as a morning show reporter, you love it when you can show and tell 
um, you know, different things instead of just stand in the cold and be like, right. yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm in front of a dark staple center right now, you know, or crypto.com. Right. Um, so, uh, um, I'll do my live hits throughout the morning where I'll toss to that package. I've pre interviewed, shot, produced, put together. Right. And so mm-hmm. I'll get cleared at 9am and if they need me in the noon show, we'll do a taped segment for that noon show after I get cleared at 9am. And then, yeah. And then typically like on a big day, um, or if it's a big story, I'll be live in the five o'clock news at well as well. So, um, at that point I'm a little delirious cause the excitement, you yes. come home, you maybe take a nap and I've learned on those days, book a workout class because any other workout you try and do on your own, it will be very, very, you know, uh, the effort will be pretty pitiful. So right. <laughs> I, bu- I book a class. Sometimes I just do like a double floor at Barry's cause I can't bear myself to get on the treadmill, but um, yeah. And then it's like back out to Dodger stadium at 3 p.m. Um, because of traffic, parking, you get ready. I'll do my live shot at five o'clock. And then by that time, you know, a lot of reporters, if it's a playoff game or something with big implications, then I'll stay the whole game and wait till post-game press conferences because you want to have that FaceTime. Um, but if not, I'll, I might just leave the stadium early and go watch the game at home because I'm like, I've spent a a lot of time over here in uh, the past 12 hours, but that's, that's kind of a typical out in the field day. If I'm hosting like the Lakers studio show, um, my day can be a lot more compact, but the airtime is also a lot more compact, right? So it's not drawn out. Mm -hmm through, you know, four hours of live hits in the morning. It's more like, okay, you get in, you read through the rundown, you write your own questions, go through makeup, and then it's showtime. So it's like, that's like feet to fire, go, go, go. But I I like the days where it's like the whole team is all focused on this one big game and one event. Like it's, it's the adrenaline just carries you through the day. I love it. Thank you for sharing with that, that with us. That was super fun. And now I'm like, just cannot wait for Dodgers. Oh, we're we're so close. We are so close to it. <laughs> yes, we are. Pitchers and catchers report to camp very, Woo! very soon. So we are getting closer and closer. All right. Well, Nikki, this has been absolutely amazing. I have just loved talking to you and I appreciate you being candid and transparent and just so open. And it's been wonderful, but I can't let you go yet because... Okay. We have to do five fun facts. Uh, as you guys know, this is something I do with the 49ers players on video, and they get to share parts of themselves. There's one with Brock Purdy up right now for those of you wanting to get to know the rookie quarterback. But on this show, we ask everybody the same five questions, and it's been great because we really have gotten such different answers every time. So if you are ready, five fun facts with Nikki K. All right, let's do it. Nikki, what is your favorite moment in sports? I would have to say one that was special to me was being at the Rams championship parade last year. That was so fun, but you know, you, I know this is a, an asterisk, all the Lakers championships that I've been alive for have been so, so awesome too. <laughs> that is fair. What is your life motto? Oh man. Um, you miss a hundred percent of the shots you don't take. Shoot your yeah. shot, Tracy. <laughs> uh, you know what? I love it. Cause I say it all the time and I really mean it. You do miss a hundred percent of the shots you don't take, whether it's something small or big, the worst that can happen is someone says no, the That's absolute right. worst that could happen. 
And the best that can happen is they don't. So there you go. 100%. Uh, what is your go-to workout? I might know the answer to this, but. I've grown up running. That has been my, uh, my kind of, it's where I do a lot of my thinking and it may be really, really slow, but it's therapy for me too. So sometimes I have to remind myself to mix it up because I, I don't push myself as hard on long runs, but running is, is like, uh, yeah, it's, it's cathartic. What is your go-to coffee order? Oh, I would say an iced almond milk latte. And a book every woman should read. Listen, I, so I'm a big fiction reader and I felt kind of, yeah, I felt kind of ill-equipped, like with a a good inspirational recommendation. You know what? It doesn't Um, have to be inspirational. It could just be a book that means something to you or that you love or any, anything like that. I love that. You know, I, I read this book. I don't know if you ever did, um, called star girl back in elementary school, no middle school. It's by Jerry Spinelli and it's so whimsical and magical. And it's about like this, this girl in junior high who is just kind of a mystery and, but she was also magic in terms of her spirit at the same time. And Hmm. I think that like, you know, dance to the beat of your own drum sort of energy is so beautiful. And so that kind of, and, and I was a, um, I was definitely a tomboy in seventh, eighth grade and did my own thing. And it made me confident in who I was. So I think that like was formative for me. I also do have a good book though, for, for a recommendation that is something, um, my, one of my mentors in the industry, she actually got it for me. Uh, it's called the daily stoic. And basically every day you open it and it's like a new meditation, a new way of approaching life that you know, some of them, they're pretty philosophical based, but it helps me in terms of just having a daily morning routine. You wake up, you ground yourself and you remember that there's so much greater in this world than just you and your, how you fit, build your life and, and your day is a lot dependent on your mindset and your attitude. So that's kind of my good reset for the morning. So sorry, I gave you two different answers there because you threw me for a loop with the, uh, it doesn't have to be inspirational. I'm, I'm all about that. Well, that, I mean that, I think the daily stoic actually, it doesn't have to be inspirational, but to be the daily stoic sounds like it would be inspirational. Yeah. And so much appreciate on both of those. I'm going to check both of those out. Nikki, please tell everyone where they can find you. Oh, Tracy, thank you so much for having me on. You can find me on Instagram and TikTok. I'm building up the TikTok platform here <laughs> at lil.nikki.k. That's Lil Nikki K with an L-I-L. Um, and on Twitter, I'm Nikki KSN1 for Spectrum News One. Um, yeah, you can also tune in to find me on Spectrum News and Spectrum Sportsnet covering the Dodgers, the Lakers, the, the Galaxy, the Bruins, the Rams, all, all the awesome teams we have here in LA. And I think I've got all the platforms there. But yeah, that's that's it. And and I I will take any like if you if anyone ever wants to chat or you know email me with questions about what they might feel about this industry or how to break into it, I am always happy to lend an ear and and give some advice for what it's worth. Fantastic. Thank you, Nikki. This was super, super fun. I'm so glad we got to talk today. And if you guys like what you heard, which I know that you did, please make sure to give us five stars and leave us a fantastic review. Follow us on Instagram at Fangirl Sports Network. We are brought to you by Bet Online. And with that, I'll talk to everybody next time. Bye, all
Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.